Believe it or not, we are in part number four of our series entitled Building Through Prayer. So we have spent the entirety of the month of October uh, talking about prayer. Week one, we talked about what to do when you don't feel like praying. As we all have those moments and times in life as Christians where we don't feel like praying. And so we talked extensively about that and what to do and how to override those feelings and to walk by faith. In week two, uh, we talked specifically about in this series how to hear the voice of God. Uh, how many of you believe that God is still speaking today? And he is. And so we talked about through prayer how to discern and hear the voice of God. So you want to make sure to go back and listen to that message if you didn't get it. And then week three, uh, the first lady covered uh, what hinders our prayers. And so she went over some things last week and I thought she did a very fine job just explaining uh, how our prayers can be hindered because how many know that we, when we are in this time, in this generation, we need our prayer to go up to God. Amen. We don't need no obstructions and we don't need to do anything to put ourselves at a disadvantage. Uh, and so my wife talked about some of those things. And so you want to go back and review those if you didn't get them. And so today I want to talk uh, specifically about community prayer. Or if you want to subtitle the message, it's really about the power of praying uh, together. Now, I know that that many of us, and you've heard me and many preachers over time, we all talk about uh, the importance of praying. But um, sometimes we don't really explain, uh, you know, the importance of praying together. I want to talk about that this morning because I know that for some of us, uh, th there are barriers to that. Uh, there's a, quite a few people in the body of Christ who feel very uncomfortable going to prayer meetings. And I've been in this thing now for some, uh, I don't know, 27 years now. And, and, you know, and, and I've seen a lot. And, uh, and I've seen uh, people who are, are, are quite talkative and, uh, you know, quite active and engaging. But when it comes to a prayer meeting, they simply don't know what to do. They just kind of sit there and they're just afraid for whatever reason. They're, 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 these barriers start to come up and there's a, a fear. A lot of it is a fear of what other people may think when you pray. So that's one of the barriers. Uh, or another barrier to praying together is just this, this fear that somebody may discover that, that your prayer life is not what it should be. And so what we do is we kind of we hide it. Or another big one is the fear of uh, just being transparent. Uh, we live in a generation where people don't like to talk much. They don't like to open their hearts a lot. And, and, and one of the things that we got to uh, come to understand is that transparency really is the gateway to the anointing and the power of God. I've discovered that in my own life, and we'll talk about that even as a church, that when we become transparent and open, how many know the sky's the limit with God? Uh, none of us are perfect. But what God does require, how I many know David wasn't a perfect man? He had his problems, but, but David was a transparent man. He was a man that was open, and when David blew it, he knew how to come to God and say, I, I blew it. He was transparent. He was open. And so, and so we need to talk about this because I really believe that one of the biggest kept secrets in the body is the significance of praying together. I know some folks look at prayer meeting as an option, 
and, uh, and I, you've heard me say this on a number of occasions. I'll echo it again because I've never seen anything like it, at least in our country. But, you know, the church over in Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Tabernacle uh, Choir, I'm sorry, the Brooklyn Tabernacle Church, we know them for their choir. But, um, you know, they, they, they believe and they know about the power of coming together, that thousands of people wait in long lines just to come to church to pray. Not a regular church service, just because they've seen the power of praying together. And I can tell you that my life as a, as a believer, I really learned how to pray. My prayer life did not take off by me just praying by myself. Let me tell you how I learned how to pray. I learned how to pray, man, when I got around other people that knew how to pray. But it's something about, how many know what I'm talking about? It's something about being around other folk that know how to get to God that will inspire your faith. And, you know, and you can be in a moment, a, a time where, you, where things are, you know, and, and even in my own, you know, your own personal prayer life. How many know sometimes it's a struggle? You know, sometimes you struggle to pray. You know you're supposed to pray, man, and you might get a little sleepy. You might get a little bored or whatever the case might be. But, man, it is something when you come in an atmosphere when the people of God and, and, you know, are, are, are with you and they're joining their faith with your faith. And then we are pushing our prayers all in the same direction. Let me tell you something, church. There's power. There's authority. There's an anointing that comes with that. And the devil don't want us to realize that. Because how many know that when it comes to prayer, hear this, you've got to get this in your spirit. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. So we must understand then, then prayer is a spiritual force. And so it, it watch this, so, so in the realm of the spirit, there is opposition. Strong opposition. There are forces of darkness that line themselves up to try to do whatever they can to keep you from praying, to, to keep your prayer from hitting where it needs to hit. There is, and, and so that's so this is part of the reason why you find it a struggle to pray. Because there are spiritual forces of darkness that is at work. And one of the ways that we overcome that, how many know that 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 that, that the God said that where there's two or three. See, you get that? See, there's something about that two or that three. You know, it's something about that that takes, it's not that we're minimizing or saying that praying alone is not significant. All I'm saying is, boy, when we come together with people with like, like faith and we pray together, we take our prayers then now to a whole nother level. A whole nother level. And the enemy, and the enemy knows this. And one of the things that we've seen over and over again throughout the Bible that, that whenever God really done something significant with his people, man, he stirred his people to pray. You remember Jehoshaphat, man, in Second Chronicles, when all the nations and their armies and his enemies were coming up against them. And he said, everybody, let's get together and pray. And they all came together and they prayed and God did a wonderful work. He did a miracle. Or even uh, uh, in the early church, you remember in the upper room, you know, they were all praying, believing God and suddenly the Holy Spirit came like a mighty rushing wind in the church was never the same. Let me tell you something, church. There's power in praying together. But in order to understand this, you got to get rid of your lone ranger mentality. Because whether or not we want to admit it or not, there's a whole bunch of people in the body of Christ that have a lone ranger mentality. And, and we see it manifested in so many different ways. We see it manifesting people going from church to church. We see it manifesting people not coming to church. <laughs> 
We see it manifest in, in people who feel like that nobody can tell them anything. You ever met somebody like that? That they're overloaded with pride and they know everything that there is to know. And how many know that is what we call pride? And somewhere I read, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the who? You see that? He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So we got to understand then that prayer, now watch this, and here's how God sees us. And this is important because I believe that sometimes, and I really do believe this with all my heart, God showed me this, this thing, that, that many of our prayers don't go where they need to go or they're not answered because we don't have somebody else partnering with us in prayer or because we have an attitude that suggests I don't really need them. How many know we need each other? You know, we, you might think to yourself, man, you know, and I know that you're kind of taught, man, you can pull yourself up. But in the body of Christ, when God sees you, he sees you in the context of body. He sees you and me in the context of the body of Christ. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, I'll give you a couple examples. It says uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20, but now indeed there are many members, many of us. Yet one body. Here's how God sees us. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Now we see this attitude uh, within the body of Christ. But here's how God sees us. And Paul is just really echoing this thing. He said, you can't say that because you are tied one to another. And this is significant as it relates to prayer because when you realize that you're tied, listen, when I realize I'm tied to a body, when I realize I'm tied to my brothers and my sister, then I don't have, listen, this attitude of I'm my own person, I do whatever I want, it's not of God. And, and I always marvel when I hear people suggest that, man. You know, man, I don't need to go to church, man, I can stay at home and pray. You ever heard that? I don't need to go to church, man, I can stay at home and read my Bible. I'm willing to bet you that nine times out of ten, they ain't staying at home reading the Bible. Nine times out of ten, they ain't staying at home and praying. Come on. Because the more you read your Bible, probably the more you're going to end up where? <laughs> Can't escape it, right? You, because when somebody to say they're super spiritual, then super spiritual means you obey the book. You know, people lose credibility with me. I was talking to somebody yesterday. My wife knew about it. I was talking to somebody yesterday. They lost credibility to me because they don't obey the book. So when you try to tell me something, I'm like, well, 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 you're supposed to be a spiritual giant, but the book says dot, 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 dot. Can you please explain that? Oh, well, you know, well, you know, that's just your, you know. How many know that God sees us as part of the body? And that's the way we got to think of ourselves, when it, particularly when it comes to prayer. Jesus even echoed the same thing in John 17, 21. Jesus says that they all may be one. See? He said that they, plural, all may be, watch, one. So Jesus, and Paul is really echoing, because he, he gets this from Jesus, but Jesus is really saying, church, what Jesus is really saying is, is that there's an expectation that if the church is going to fulfill its mission in the earth, if you're going to be what God has called you to be, you got to be tied to the body. You can't be walking around disconnected. Amen. You got to be tied to the body. You got to listen. You got to look to others. You got to rely on others. You got to talk to one another. We got to pray together. We got to seek God together. Jesus said that they all may be one. Tell me, how can we be one if we're not connected? How can, how can it be possible? 
if we're not meeting, if we're not praying, if we're not in ministry together, fellowship and praying, believing, how can we be one? It's no way it can happen. Jesus said it, and, and, and let's go back to this thing of the power, let's talk about the power of agreement. I'm going to go back to this because this is so, so very, very powerful. I love this verse. Jesus said this. Remember now, he just talked about this thing about being one. He's praying that we all be one because he's, he's, he's putting out a signal there that we need each other, that we got to function together. That the disciples, how many know the disciples could not be fragmented? They had to think, they had to act like one. They, had, they were together. How many know that God blessed in the book of Acts? God blessed the early church because they were what? Together. They were in unity together. They were praying and they were believing God together. I want you to get that. Matthew 18, 19. I want you to go there real quickly. Matthew 18, 19. Jesus said this to drive home the point. He said, again, I say to you that if, if two, everybody say two. See, that's powerful. He said, if two of you agree, ain't this something? This is amazing. He said, two of you agree on earth concerning anything they, that they ask, it will be done for them by my father who is in heaven. So he's saying, okay, so watch. He said, now, well, how is it going to happen? How is it going to move? How is this situation going to change? He said, get, how many know you, you need to get somebody else? Let me tell you something. How many of you believe in God for something right now? Come on, Rachel. You, you, listen, let me ask you this question. Who do you have praying with you? Who is in agreement with you? Because I believe that there are some prayers that can't make it. Watch, and I'll show you another verse here in a moment. There's some prayers, man, they fall a little bit short because they lack the power that it needs. It, it, it lacks synergy. Everybody say synergy. See, synergy is that interaction or cooperation of two or more organizations, substances, or other agents to produce a combined effect greater than the sum of their separate parts. So watch. So whenever we come together, watch this. So I want you to get this in your spirit. So whenever we come together as a people of God, right, and we come, everybody say one accord. And we come in one accord, right? Watch this. And we are all praying the same thing. Come on. We're all, everybody say agreement. See, we're agreeing on the same thing. Then watch this. Then what we're doing is we're taking our prayer. I may be believing for one thing, but then if I get Peggy to give me a push, boy, I get Walter down behind me. I get Gene and all of them, all of them behind. I get Edwin and they come, they come behind me and they come in agreement with my prayer. We call that synergy. Now we're pushing. How many know now you have force behind your prayers right now you got force now you got power that's what we call that synergy and this thing is powerful and say this is a truth that say no one else to understand because you are wrestling against forces of darkness so that's why the power of agreement Jesus said get two in other words don't just do this thing by yourself he said get somebody else behind you and walk in agreement. How many believe this morning, church, there's power in agreement? <sighs> See, in other words, corporate prayer increases our ability to have effective prayer because we are pushing our prayers together in the same direction. But you got to be in unity. You got to be in agreement. Everybody say agreement. Kind of like I've used this analogy before in a previous sermon, the same thing about a car. 
you know, that's out of alignment. You know, it's nothing more frustrating than driving a car that is out of alignment because the car is fighting itself. You're driving down the road and you're having to pull the car. The car is trying to go straight, but yet there's the, the wheels want the car to go. To, and, 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 and how many know the car has been slowed, slowed down? The car is not reaching its full potential, right? It's not reaching its full potential. Why? Because it's not in unison. But boy, when you get your car aligned, I was talking to the guy yesterday because I got to get four new tires on my truck. But I was talking, but, but boy, it's something about, but when you get your car in a line, how the thing goes much more smoother. And watch this. There's much more force now. Why? Because it's all moving in the same direction. And, and, it's, and it's moving with other parts. And it's important that our other parts move together. See, this is, see, this is a plug for coming together to pray and understanding. And I really believe that some of you, what you're going to do, you're going you're to listen to this message. And you're going to think to yourself, man, you know what? Perhaps, man, my prayer is stuck because I need to get some push behind it. Come on. Because you're fighting a battle. Come on. You're fighting a battle. How many know that, that, that prayer is warfare? Oh, are y'all with me? You're fighting a battle, so you need to get some troops with you. Oh, come on. That's why Jesus said they got to function as one. They got to think like a body. They got to act like a body. That's why you always got to be connected no matter where you go in life. You leave this area, this, you always got to be connected to another body of believers. Always. Because that's the way God designed the thing to work in its most optimum fashion. Jesus, I'll give you another example of this. Well, you say, well, just in case some of you might be sitting there. And now, now, how many know if Jesus needed some help, how many know we ought to need some help? Right. Some of you never saw this, so I'm going to read it to you. Because how many know that Jesus is 100% God, but he's also 100% man? He's a God man. Jesus now, he's at his moment of temptation where he's about to be arrested, Right? He's about to be arrested and he knows that he's going to sacrifice his life for the sins of the entire world. Jesus now is positioning himself to be separated from the Father, but for a moment that he might endure all the sin. Can you imagine that? All the sin of the entire world from the beginning of time. Jesus is about to bear that on himself. And, and the God, and watch this, and the God man, the man part of him had a moment where he was struggling. Look at Matthew chapter 26, verse 36 and 44. I'm not going to read every verse there, but I want you to lay your eyes on that and hear this. Then Jesus came to the place called Gethsemane. Watch this. And he said to the disciples, now watch, he's talking to the disciples. I want you to get this in your spirit. He said, now sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took with him, watch this, Peter and the sons of Zebedee could be figured that maybe they'll pray, right? Because, you know, Peter was talking a lot. <laughs> oh, boy, how many know we, we need to do less talking and more praying? Come on, walk, work, work, work with me on this thing. And he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. He's going through a moment. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Watch this. Stay here and watch with me. Now, what do you think Jesus meant when he said watch with me? Pray with him. Stay here. Pray with me. Watch with me. Then he went a little further and he fell on his face and prayed, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Jesus, at this moment, he's feeling the pressure. He's feeling tired. He's feeling weak in his flesh because he was... Tempted in all points like we were, yet without sin. 
Then he came to the disciples. Then he came, watch this, first lady. He came to the disciples, watch, and found them praying. Right? He came to the disciples hoping, because he's at a moment right now, church, where he's feeling the pressure. It's warfare. He got the forces of darkness bearing down on him, and he goes back because he's feeling weak, he's feeling tired, and he needs some help. He goes back to the disciples, boy, y'all praying with me, and, and he comes to the disciples, and they're sleeping. They're sleeping. Could you imagine at his, at his moment? They, 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 are, they are asleep. And Jesus now, he's needing their prayers. He needs them to partner with him. That's why he came back. Because how many know that he's the son of God? He could have stayed. He could have said this. You know what? I'm going to go up there and pray. And y'all stay here when I get back. You know? No. He got up from his prayer. When he was seeking and praying, he got up to go to his disciples to solicit their prayers. But they were asleep. Then he said to them, could, could you not, could you not watch with me, pray with me for but one, could you not give me an hour? Consecration week, seven to eight. Could you not give me one hour? I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, oh God. You don't know what I'm going through, pastor. It's hard for me to come there and give that seven to eight o'clock. You don't know, I bet you won't go through this. He said, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation because indeed the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You would think after Jesus came back and had that conversation with him and woke him up, that they would, okay, he need me. I see he's in distress. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lock my prayers with Jesus. And we're gonna, I'm going to believe with him. Let's keep reading. Again, watch this, verse number 42. Y'all looking at verse 42? Again, a second time. He's in his prayer moment, right? He's praying. Now he could stay up there and talk to his father. He comes back. Because he feels the pressure and the weight that we all feel. Again, a second time he went away and he prayed, Father, if this cup cannot pass from me until I drink it, your will be done. And he came, he came, he came, and he came and found them what? <laughs> For their eyes were heavy. <laughs> oh, oh, oh boy, you know, they got all that sleep in their eyes. I mean, that means they were in that REM sleep. <laughs> that deep sleep, you know, we kind of wake up and take like five minutes to wake up. You, know, you ever had that, that one of those sleeps? You wake up, you still you dizzy. Like they were, they were there. So he left them and he went away again. He prayed a third time the same words. I want all I want you to get you to see. If Jesus needed the prayers of the saints, how many know we need the prayers of the saints? Amen. Who are you greater? How can, see how the devil does? And we don't even understand why we're getting lapped up and whipped in our prayer life. Because we're, listen, we're not fortifying our prayers with the prayers of the saints. That's, that's a tool we have. You know, if you're believing somebody, that, for God to move in somebody's life or believing something for yourself, you need to find, you, listen, you need to solicit your church. You need to get some other people that you know and say, pray. don't just get that. Listen, don't just tell everybody to pray for you. Let me, here's what I learned. Some people ain't interested in praying for you. Just, some folks are nosy, discern the difference. There's some people who just want to know your business. They ain't trying to pray for you. Now, I just gave that for free. I just felt like I need to let that be out there. Because somebody, well, I'm just going to find, look, I don't tell everybody to pray for me. I just don't. I'm just, that's just where I am. Man, and if I have to go, I got certain people I know if I say they're going to pray, I know, man, they're going to pray. <laughs> you know, and they ain't just nosy and wanting to know my business. Come on, church. 
See, James encouraged the same thing. He says, James 5.16, he says, confess your trespasses to one another. But how many know we don't like to do that, do we? We just don't. But how many know that this is what we got to do? And watch this. Uh, to one another and pray what? For. I'm telling you what, I can best pray for you when I'm in relationship with you, can I? Boy, I can best pray for you, man, and we're praying together. We're coming together. We're fellowshipping together. We're believing God. Man, I'm in the best position now where I can pray for you. It's hard for me to pray for you. I don't know nothing about you. I don't even see you. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? See, James here is saying, he said, and pray for one another that you might be healed. Which means, if I am understanding this correctly, that there's a possibility that your healing is only going to come when you pray with other folk and confess your sin one to another. Are, are y'all watching me? There are some things God has designed that way. Why? Because remember I say he wants you to think like a body. There are no long ranges in the, in the faith. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? There are, there are some who think they are. <laughs> you know, I always marvel at, at spiritual people, you know, who know scriptures. <laughs> they know the book up and down and they go from church to church because they need a word from God. Got to get a word. Got to get a word. No, you got to obey the word. Obey the word. Obey the word. Stop trying to get a word and obey what you don't. You, know, you follow what I'm saying? I marvel at people. I got free men. Somebody, I've heard that. You know, people say to me, well, pastor, you know, uh, I just feel like you ain't feeding me. It's right. So you don't spend no time feeding your own spirit. And then you want to say, I don't feed you. Right. You do, you do nothing that you're told. But I'm not even, and you know, I got free when I heard T.D. Jakes one time said the same thing and somebody told him they won't be fed. And I said, if somebody can say that to T.D. Jakes, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know. But this is how people think because they don't understand it's about the body. It's not, but see, when you think about yourself and only yourself, you, you, that's the way you come at it. That's the way you think because you think coming to church is just about you. It's not about you. You're part of a body. You're supposed to be here because somebody else is tied to you and needs you. Somebody may not get a word they need from this pulpit, but they might get it from you. Just saying, hey, how are you doing? How has your week been? Well, I didn't get that. I didn't get that revelation from Pastor Bailey, but man, I spoke to sister so-and-so and she gave me a word and that stuck. Man, that spoke to me. But how many know we got to be in relationship with one another. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? Now, I'm going to give you a, scri a few scriptures and I'm going to get you out of here. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to do all of them because I got a lot, so I'm not going to cover all of them. I promise I will not keep you here to 6.30. I will keep you here only to about 6, Edwin, not 6.30. See, y'all don't even believe that because I've actually, actually, I've been doing much better on that front, but nobody give me credit, but that's okay. Lord knows my heart. Um, but what are some of the been? I just want to show you a couple of scripture verses. And I'm going to show you these verses. I want you to understand how God moved when people pray together. That's all I want you to see. I want you to get this. And, and my hope is that, that, that in, in just going over a couple of these verses, you will begin to say, you know what? I need to prioritize praying with my brothers and sisters more. I need to come out and pray. When pastors say we all need to come out and pray, you know what? I need to do it. I just need to do this. There's a benefit in this. Number one, here's a benefit. Number one, here's a, here's a benefit. Number one, the Holy Spirit will come and empower us. The Bible says in Acts 1.14, all these all continue with one accord in prayer, with one in one accord in prayer and supplication. 
with the women and Mary and the mother of Jesus. They were all in there praying together. And then when they were all praying together, Acts chapter 2, when the day, this is Acts chapter 2, verses 1 and 4. Then when, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind. How many of the Holy Spirit, I believe the Holy Spirit will come when the people of God come together and pray. I believe, man, it fosters the power of God to come in a significant way. And this is what happened. And how many know the church was never the same when the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost? But let me tell you, so what, what preceded that? They were in the upper room together, what? Praying. That's what precipitated that. They were praying. They were believing God. And they were on one accord. In other words, they weren't divided. They weren't there saying, I know such and so won't pray this way, but I don't believe for that. I'm going to believe for this. I'm gonna, how many know we got to, how many know prayer, we got to come in agreement? Y'all hear what I'm saying? See, our prayers are significant when we come in agreement. We got to remember that because now it's about that synergy, that force behind our prayers. And we want that to happen. See, the prayers together will invoke the power of God. The supernatural, another, another thing, the supernatural will come, will occur. And I read this verse uh, in Acts chapter 12, verses 5 through 16. The Bible talks about Peter. You know, Peter, James, the brother of the Lord, had been killed. And now they got Peter in prison and probably they were going to kill uh, Peter. And so what did the church do? They didn't say, well, okay, everybody go to your individual homes and y'all just pray for Peter. No, they all, the Bible said they all came together. And, and, and the Bible said in the church, constant prayer. Everybody say constant. That means consistently while Peter was in prison, they were praying for Peter's release. They were praying that Peter wouldn't be killed because Peter was really the leader of the church, the Jerusalem church. And so, man, they were, so what the church did, they all came together. How many know that in a moment of when we're serious about something, we really need God to move? How many know we need to pull together, church? We need to, we need to come from our separate places, and we need to come together in one place. And the Bible says that, 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 that Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was being offered to God for him by the church. Everybody say church. Verse 7, so while the people are praying, verse number 7, now an angel of the Lord stood by and a light shone on the prison and struck Peter on the side and raised him up, arise quickly, and his chains fell off. How many know that was a supernatural miracle? That supernatural miracle, I'm convinced. See, I'm convinced that that supernatural miracle, first lady, came because the people were praying. Y'all get it? Y'all get the connection? I don't want you to miss that. The, the, the supernatural power, how many of you want the supernatural power of God? I believe the supernatural power of God came and Peter, this miracle happened, I really believe this, because of the prayers of the saints. Because if the saints ain't praying, probably nothing happening. Remember, this is spirit. See, a church, is all, a church is all about spirituality. It's not about good words and good speeches. and It's about the power of God. Y'all hear what I'm saying, church? So, verse number 13. So, here they are, right? They're praying. Believe in God. Lord, release Peter. Lord, don't let him kill him, Lord. Can you imagine all of them? Boy, they got their, their, their prayers all going in the same direction, man. There's force behind that prayer. And they're praying and believing God that Peter wouldn't be killed. And in verse 13, and as Peter knocked at the door, here come Peter. Now, God, God answered their prayer. I have you know that sometimes you can be in a prayer meeting still not be in faith. <laughs> I'm right about it. I'm right about it, Walter. You can be there. See, as Peter knocked at the door, a girl named Rhonda, everybody say Rhonda. Rhonda. <laughs> she came to answer. 
And she recognized Peter's voice. Right? But, but because of her gladness, she did not open the gate. She was so excited, so enthused. Oh, I can't believe it. God, oh, I can't believe it. But she ran in to announce and told Peter and everybody else. I'm sorry. But ran and announced that Peter told all the other saints who were praying, the church who were praying. They were all praying that God released Peter, right? This is what they're, they're praying. And they, she ran in there and excited. She was excited, enthusiastic. Peter, Peter is like, God is in our prayers, church. Peter is at the door. And you know what they said? But they said to her, you are beside yourself. In other words, they said, you're out of your mind. Peter ain't here, girl. You ain't gone crazy. Now, what are you praying for? <laughs> you follow what I'm saying? But I believe that still, because of the synergy behind the prayers, God still honored it. And God released Peter. I just want you to understand that thing. And then when they saw Peter, man, they were excited and they were astonished. How many know that when God shows up in a significant way like that, it encourages you to keep praying more? See, see, the more we come together and pray and God starts opening doors, man, that's, 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 that's not a time to draw back. That's a time, Gene, to say, let's go pray some more, man. That's, I want some more of this. See? That's, that's one of the things about praying. I mean, I'm just, I want you to see this. Another, another benefit of praying together is the church will become vibrant and healthy. The Bible says in Acts 2.42, and they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and they what? Prayed. Verse 46, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. In other words, church, they were happy. Let me tell you something. When we pray together, we become more happy with one another, don't we? Because there's a transparency, right? There's an openness, man. I know what's going on with you. You know what's going on with me. The Holy Spirit is involved. And how many know that, that, that transparency is really the key to a healthy church? See, a church that has walls and doors. You know what I mean? I see walls and doors where people block off. Like, the, you know, like some folks in the church will tell you this. That ain't none of your business. Ain't none of your business if I'm out here fooling around, cheating on my, that's, that's my, that's between me and God. No, it ain't. <laughs> you call yourself a Christian, that affects me. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? That affects my good name. I, this is the thing you got to understand. Every time a, a preacher or a Christian or anybody act crazy, how many know it reflects on us? Why? Because we're the body. So you are not an entity of yourself. Listen, if you see me out there acting like a fool, you have every right to call me and say, Pastor G, what are you doing? And I have the right to do the same thing to you. Why? Because we're a body. We're tied together. We care about one another. And, 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 and when we're open and transparent with each other, man, how many know that's the precursor to a happy place? See, a church where people are standing behind walls and doors and they're not open, ain't a healthy church. It's a fake church. They have great programs. I've been, to, there's some, I hate to say it, but there's some churches in the area. That's where me and my wife went, you know, that's before we came, started Foundation Church years ago, man. We went and we saw there was a common theme, man. People just walled off. I mean, people would come in, they would leave. You didn't really know people. Only thing they had in common is they did activities together. But how many know that church is more, is more than just doing an activity? No, it's about opening your heart. Then you go back home to the same problems and you never got them addressed. You never, you went to church, 
You went to an activity, you did a meeting, but you never got, you went back home to the same issue. You got nobody to pray for you. You talked to nobody and you still stuck in a rut. And then you're trying to figure out why this church ain't working for you. Well, probably because you're not working for you by being transparent. How many know you can lead somebody to the water, but you can't make them what? Can't make them drink. Pastor, I need more. Well, you can come to Wednesday night Bible study. You remember we used to have Wednesday night Bible study? I mean, it was a chore for some folks. Man, I don't come. I'm busy. But man, I need more. Can you come, can you come on Wednesday? Oh, I can't do Wednesday. I'm just saying, how many know you can lead them, but you can't make them? I believe people get saved when the church come together. The Bible talks about this in Acts chapter 16, verse 25 and 26. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and they were singing hymns to God. Hallelujah. They were singing and the prisoners were listening to them. How many know that people are listening? People are, you know, I want you to get this in your spirit. People are listening and watching you even when you don't think they're listening and watching you. Oh, I'm learning that at work, man. It's a, it's a wonderful thing because, you know, I kind of, I went in and stealth on purpose. I got to see, see, I got to plan, you know, how I'm going to unveil myself at the school, you know, because I knew that if I came in, I told everybody I was a preacher. I know how some folks, you know, some folks got, they already got certain ways they look at preaching, they would have shut me down. They wouldn't have gave me a chance. The Holy Spirit said, no, take your time. Just walk in the power of the Spirit. Let them get to know you. Just love on them. Show them. And, and then, and, and so that's, so I'm at that point now, man. I was just pouring out love. And the lady said, see, am I, am I lying about, she says to me, I ain't, two or three of them said this in the school. They said to me that you're the best thing that ever happened to Benton Middle School. Did they not say that? Several of them said, they said, you're the best thing ever. And I, now, of course, I'm humble. I'm like, I don't know about that, you know. But, but I'm just saying, the fact is, you follow what I'm saying, that just, just be a Christian. And after a while, it's going to come out. And, and, and when it does, I'd have had already, I, listen, I would have already hooked them with my love. <laughs> you see? You, you follow what I'm saying, church? See, people get saved. And Paul and Silas, man, they were at midnight, they were, they, they were praying and singing, and people were watching, and ooh, what's that? Ooh. And the Bible said that all of a sudden, an earthquake came. How do you know that just wasn't an accident? Y'all getting me? I believe that the earthquake came because there was somebody praying and praising. Did we not praise this morning? You follow what I'm saying? I believe that, don't think the earthquake, the earthquake happened because somebody was praising and praying. And the Bible says that they fed on their knees saying, what must I do to be saved? How many of you got some folks you believe in God to save? Need, see, it was Paul and Silas. Paul wasn't about, look, he was praying with somebody else. Remember, two or three. And here it was two. And watch, two people with a powerful prayer shook the whole prison. Invoked the power of God and people fell down. What must I do to get right with God? How many of you know that's a God thing? Because people were praying. I'm going to give you one more and I'm going to get you out of here. One more. How many of you want to be bold? Which one I'm going to give you? I got like seven. I got like two or three more. I can't do but one. Let me see. Which one? Oh, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me. Help me. Help me. I'm going to do two. I'm going to leave the other two. All right. So, how many need wisdom? Oh, somebody got some decisions you got to make. The Bible says, Acts 1, 24, verse 26. And they prayed. They, they pray. More than one came together. You, O oh Lord, know the hearts of all. Show us of these two you have chosen to take part in this ministry of the apostleship from which Judah fell, Judas fell by transgression. 
that he might go to his own place. And they cast lots, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. So they needed to understand, you know, Judas had betrayed the Lord, so they needed to fill that spot. They had 11 apostles, they needed 12. And, and how many know that they all prayed together, and the Holy Spirit spoke and told them which one it was? See, I believe that when we come together and pray together, you're, you're, uh, you, you, you got to give you wisdom. So some of us right now, we need wisdom. But maybe you're not, maybe the reason why you're not getting the wisdom you need is maybe you need to join some, get with some other folks and pray with you. Get that synergy thing going. You see, come together with some other folks and pray and watch what God does. How many of you want to know your calling? Mm. See, Acts 13, this is the last one, I'm done. Acts 13, verses 1 and 3. Now, in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets, teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, and, and who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrot and Saul, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. That's why we fast and pray. The Holy Spirit said, hmm, separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them to. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. Let me tell you something. I didn't discover my calling by staying to myself. I discovered my calling because I was around other believers. We were praying and then watched and God spoke in the midst of that prayer meeting and they affirmed it with God had put in my heart. Are y'all hear what I'm saying, church? I didn't even understand fully what God had put in my heart. But some of us, you can't quite get what you want because, listen, because you, 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 you don't know your calling because you're not involved. You're not, um, you're not connecting with the body. And one of the things, and Paul and, and all the disciples, they were praying together and the Holy Spirit said, look, I need you to separate Paul and Barnabas because I got a work for them to do. They got that when they were in the prayer meeting. They got it in a prayer meeting. There's some things you're only going to get in a prayer meeting. You got to come to a prayer meeting. Maybe, think about this. Let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me enlighten you. What if God was going to answer you for something or show you something or reveal something to you, but he was going to do it in consecration week? If you, you're only going to get it if you come to consecration week. Understand, what if? What if, what, I believe that a lot of times that we don't get where we're supposed to get because we're out of place. We're not where we're supposed to be. Just like some of my kids, they don't get the blessing that they're supposed to get, right? Because they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're out of place. So we know, what, what do we do? We withhold that. I told you, you're supposed to get up. You're supposed to be doing this. You didn't, and you're outside playing. So you miss your blessing. Come on, y'all. You, you didn't miss your blessing. Why? Because you're supposed to have been here, but you're over here on playing video games. Come on. Did you, I see, see, now you miss. Here's what I planned for you, but because... Same thing with God. God want to do it. He want and, and, and listen, and, and maybe God's going to answer prayer and show you, but you're supposed to be at consecration week, but because you're not there, you didn't get it. So now you got to wait the next year. <laughs> I'm just saying, you never know what God is doing. But here's what I learned. Be where you're supposed to be. That's all I'm saying. Be where you're supposed to be. And, 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 and this is our time. Listen, this is not a, there's nothing legalistic about what I'm saying, right? You are free to do whatever you want in Jesus' name. And, and God will give you freedom. But let me tell you something. Here's what I've come to understand. As I've been walking with God for a lot of years, um, you can forfeit your blessing by not being where you need to be. And it has nothing to do with God not wanting to bless you. How many know that God is a good God? And, and God delights in giving good things to his kids. But we got to take, take some responsibility and say, you know what? I need to do what I need to do. 
you know? And uh, so I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to encourage you this week from 7 to 8. And if it gets really good, we'll stay to 8.30. <laughs> but from 7 to 8, I want us to come together this week. And I want to get you to come out and pray once a year. One week a year. How many weeks in a year? 52? Am I right? Out of 52 weeks, give God one week of prayer and fast. This week. This is our week. And you come and you sit there today and you prepare and you write down what you believe in God for. And we come in that prayer meeting and we're going to lock hands together and we're going to give you some synergy and we're going to push your prayers. Are you following me? We're going to push. Everybody say push. We're going to push your prayers over the finish line. Because maybe your prayer, your prayer, your, your prayer uh, for your, in order for your prayer to be answered, it's, it's just a push away. <laughs> just need to get a couple more people behind you, man, and get behind that thing. Because maybe you're at the brink. Can you imagine that maybe you're at the brink of God answering your, you're at the, some of you, you feel like you're at the brink, man. You feel like, now you just need that little push. That's called synergy. Get somebody else behind your prayer. Let's try this week and see what God do. Amen. Amen. You see that word, give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Every head is bowed, every eye is clear.